Hello, and thank you for joining us today. I'm Laura Evans, and you are listening to Hope for the Hurting. Our mission is simple. We want to provide hope and help to those who are hurting, lost, lonely, and in despair. My background is in broadcasting and radio, and I'm joined by my dad, Dr. Irv Wolf, who, in addition to being a pastor for over 30 years, has a background in marriage and family therapy. And Dr. Irv has authored two books. He's also the director of Hopewell Counseling in Minnesota. Today is the second part in our uh, focus on finances as we go under the big category of parenting adult children. That's the new fall series that we've been embarking on. So today we're going to talk about the practical application for some of the concepts that we discussed last week. So if you missed that podcast, please go back and check that out. You can find that episode on hopewellcouncil.com. You can also find it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. It would be parenting adult children and then part one of finances. Part two is today. But before we launch into that, I will open us in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this opportunity to share uh, wisdom about parenting and parenting adult children um, with our listeners. I thank you for every single one of our listeners. Uh, what a blessing it is to be able to talk to them and share with them and have them listen to this podcast. I ask your blessing and protection over each of them. And I pray that you just give them supernatural wisdom as they navigate parenting their adult children or sharing this podcast with someone who is going through some difficult times as they parent adult children. I just pray that, that you would step into those situations and help us navigate them. And I just give this podcast to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, money has gotten a bad rap over the years. Money is not the root of all evil. According to the Bible, it's the love of money. Right. That's the right. root of all kinds of evil. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And since the love of money can corrupt us and our children, one of our goals must be to warn our children against greed, covetousness, avarice, looking to money and things to do what they were never intended to do. Mm -hmm. We must teach our children, even adult children, that God never intended money to provide the things that truly matter mm -hmm. in this life. Things like love and happiness and peace and honesty and fulfillment, yep. Yep. integrity, security. For example, security, our security is to be found in the Lord, mm. not in money or things that it can buy. Mm -hmm that will perish mm. and as you know a boy back in 1919 a lot of people had money in the stock market right and um you know or 1929 and the stock market crashed right and people were is, people were jumping off of buildings right because they had all their hope all their security in their money and not in god yep, yep. And it, i've heard some christians uh christian financial advisors even talk about going to the extreme of not really planning for retirement because that's putting your security in your money. So what do you think about that? Well, that, that's, a, that's a point of just learning to be wise stewards. Mm. Uh, and, I, and I think being a wise steward is planning for, you know, your ultimate uh, time when you're not working anymore, right. uh, whether you can't work or you're no longer able to uh, fulfill the requirements of the job so it's, that that's just wisdom and it seems to me it would be unwise not to have some sort of savings or retirement plan because then you become a burden on your children or the state or your church or whatever it may be yep 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 well let's move into some hot topics okay these are hot financial topics and the first one is gift giving mm, okay and what about gift giving for birthdays anniversaries holidays oh man we're going to talk about christmas 
Wow. We're gonna talk about all of that kind of stuff. Well, let me start with birthdays. How should you celebrate birthdays for your adult children? Hmm. Well, when they're young, you had parties and you had their friends and neighbors and family attend and they got all kinds of gifts and they blew off candles and ate cake and they're given all this special attention. Well, how about now? Hmm. This varies with every family. Mm -hmm. In our family, we have a family party either on the actual day or a day close to their birthday, depending on the ability of everybody to attend. We meet in one of our homes. We usually eat a meal together. We have cake and we bring gifts for the birthday person. Mm -hmm. If the family celebrations on a day other than their actual birthday, the birthday person gets a double blessing. They get a second celebration mm -hmm. <laughs> on their birthday and on the day of that celebration. Right. And on special birthdays, like 30, 40, 50, 60, we often have a bigger celebration. For instance, mm -hmm. when my dad turned 80, right. we had a big celebration for him. And when my father-in-law, Clayton Moore, turned 80, uh, I, we had a big celebration for him. Right, right. So those are special days. Those are special birthdays. Mm -hmm. And then there's anniversaries. Well, for married children, usually cards are the most appropriate form of recognizing their anniversary. So we, we send out cards in our family. Gifts are usually exchanged by the married partners, mm. and they're the only ones that would do that. Mm -hmm. uh, married children celebrate their anniversary. They usually dine out in a restaurant, or maybe they take an overnight trip or go on vacation, but mm -hmm. um, it's, it's more intimate. Right now for our, so we, John and I, we just celebrated our first anniversary and both our, both you and mom and, um, and John's parents both gave us a little financial blessing, whether it was a gift card to go to a restaurant or it was money to put towards a meal or towards a getaway. And that was super, super sweet, super thoughtful. We didn't expect anything. So what do you think about parents giving a token of a gift or a gift card to their, to their children? On their anniversary. Yeah, I guess I'm okay with that. Uh, you know, I don't have no hard and fast rule, but for you guys, it was your first. Right. It was your first anniversary, and we we wanted to make it a little more special. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I think the Giles did too. And what do you think about the reverse? Should kids give gifts to their parents on their parents' anniversary? Um, a card, I think, is appropriate for them. Mm -hmm. You know, just to be able to give a card, and. Uh, Preferably, you know, something other than sincerely your son or something mm -hmm. that they actually write something in there that's heartfelt. Right. right. Uh, that, that means a lot to parents. Yes. Yeah. Many times parents treasure those cards mm -hmm. and keep mm -hmm. them. So the, the next thing I want to talk about is holidays. Uh, usually families with adult children can figure out how to celebrate Thanksgiving or New Year's Eve or Easter. But celebrating Christmas is a big issue. Mm. Why is it a big issue? Because there's nostalgia connected to it. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of hype surrounding it. And for Americans, Christmas is an excuse for shopping, gift-giving frenzy. Right, right. Americans plunge into debt to give gifts to their loved ones. Right. And why do they do it? Mm. What do you think, Lo? Why do they do it? Um, I think it makes us feel good to give gifts to others. And maybe it's because it, I think around the holidays, you get this overwhelming sense of goodwill, wanting to appreciate people, wanting to let them know how much you care about them. Yeah, and I think you're right. And to some, it may be 
uh, it may be assuaging guilt uh, that they're not spending time with that loved one. So they're going to give them a big gift. And uh, maybe that in some way would make up for the lack of a relationship and time. Well, having two married adult sons and now a married daughter, uh, we have had a change in our expectations for how Christmas is done. Mm -hmm. We raised our family with certain traditions. It's been our tradition to go to church on Christmas Eve and then open gifts on Christmas morning. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of how we did it. Uh, but, um, you know, we still maintain that tradition, but now we invite our adult children to join us as they're able mm -hmm. because they have other family commitments. They've right. got a whole other family on the other right. side of the on the other side of the uh, equation. Mm -hmm. Well, we exchange gifts with them at a family time convenient, and that seems to help de-stress the holiday. Mm -hmm. uh, many families, to avoid the emphasis on materialism, have gone a different route, uh, blessing their family by having them serve meals to the poor mm -hmm. or at a local mission mm -hmm. or volunteering at a food shelf mm -hmm. or secret gifts to a family that's poor. Uh, for many years, when we were on Faith Promise in California, we got secret gifts mm. from people. Just a $50 bill in a, in a plain envelope stuck in our mailbox. That's really And sweet. we had no idea where it came from. Yep. And yep. that was just a blessing. Yeah. Just a blessing to us. Right. And then one of the things I used to do, even when I was a single mom, you know, I just got married a year ago. But even when I was a single mom, my boys and I would adopt a family who was even um, in a more difficult place than we were at Christmas time, because I wanted them to own, own giving gifts, not just, you know, not, not that there's anything wrong with filling a shoebox. That's great. But I wanted them to see a face behind the gifts that we were giving to. So we would find a family in need and they would adopt the, the son or the daughter and I would adopt the mom and we would just go shopping together and try to even make it so that, maybe their December tithe money was put towards these gifts for these kids. So just get your kids involved in that. Oh, yeah. Well, and, and that's another way of basically teaching them and getting them to the point when they're adults, that's what they will do. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. that's really a good thing. Well, let's talk about college education. <laughs> You've got adult, young adult children. Right. And how are we going to handle this? Mm -hmm. College is not cheap. College no. is expensive. Well, help your adult child develop a budget for college. Mm -hmm. Budgets are good things. They're our friend. Help your adult child fill out grant and scholarship forms. Mm. Uh, so it, it's basically uh, helping them with some of the legalese that's part of that. Right. And as an incentive, we offered our children to pay half of all their tuition books and living expenses, right. which is housing and meals, if they attended a Christian college. Why a Christian college? Well, couple of reasons. One is fish in the right pond for Christian friends, for a life partner, mm -hmm. for a consistent Christian worldview, Christian values, and a good education. We felt a Christian college was a good way for them to get exposed to the right kind of values. Right. And I would say back when I went to college, that was 100% true, but or mostly true. But now, not so much. Even the Christian college I went to, I I wouldn't send my child there. They've gone woke. They're not, they're not what they used to be. And I don't think that they value the Lord or biblical standards the way that they used to. So you really have to do your research. There's a handful of, of good ones still out there, but you really have to dive in and figure out what is their theology. 
Wh where do they, where do they put biblical standards? Where, do, how do they value God's word? So, well, that's a, that's an excellent question though, because you're right. The culture has been infected mm -hmm. by all of this wokeness right. and even Christian colleges have been infected with it because, you know, they're, you know, they're, they're trying to be a DEI sensitive Mm -hmm. And uh, boy, that just uh, is not not appropriate. And I think if you're if you're helping your children look for a college and you want it to be a strong Christian college, Hillsdale is great. Uh, Liberty University, I believe, is pretty strong. But basically, look at their doctrine of faith. Do they believe that um, that the Bible is infallible? That they do they base their theology and their teaching upon a biblical worldview? Do they not not depart from the Bible being their sole source of truth, and that's where they get their um, their moral principles. If they deviate from that at all, if they uh, welcome gay staff and gay professors, if they don't take a hard stand on things like abortion and things that are super uh, critical in Christian theology, uh, strong biblical Christian theology, then then that's not the right school for your kids because they will they will change your child's perception and outlook. All grant scholarships obtained by the adult child, that lowers their tuition and benefits right. both of you. And it avoids student loans. That's one of the big things that our government is having to face is this overwhelming avalanche of really a trillion and some dollars in student loans that are weighing heavily and in our in big burden. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, you can avoid all of that if you're able to uh, lower the costs and then in turn help them out. Mm -hmm. All children need to work to provide some of their tuition. That's part of what we talked about in the last podcast. Right. It helps them appreciate the value of attending college. Um, our adult children work for their, their half of the college fees every summer. Mm -hmm. uh, they didn't get the summer off to go traveling around Europe or uh, <laughs> simply to, you know, fritter away their time. Right. They had a goal in mind and uh, we gave them unexpected gifts once in a while, but they worked hard every summer. Yeah, uh, We felt that it was important for our kids to live on campus, mm -hmm. to participate in the community. And we also felt that it was important that they fish in the right ponds. And you got to be there with <laughs> in the pond where the fish are. Right. If you're going to find, the, well, if you're going to find the right kind of mate. Right, right. And, and you talk about college year, and I would say even today with the overinflated cost of college, even take a good hard look, does your child even need to go to college? Because there's so many things that you can get a technical degree for in 12 months and be already working and earning a really good salary before most kids even graduate from college. So I think there's very few professions these days that actually need a four-year degree. I don't think either of my boys actually will go to college. They're going to do maybe a technical school, a very specialized training, even an apprenticeship. will have them making very good money without that burden of debt. Yeah, I think in my generation, uh, going to college was almost an assumed. Right. Uh, you assume once you graduate from high school, what college are you going to? Right. Uh, but nowadays, you're right. I think it's much more of an option. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's an expensive option at that. What about the wedding? How much should you pay? Right. Because adult children, at some point, most of them want to get married. Mm -hmm. Well, again, create a budget, give a fixed amount to the married couple. Mm -hmm. you, you don't want to have it be 
you know, an open-ended thing where they can just keep spending. And, uh, you know, we've, your mom and I have been to weddings that cost well over a hundred thousand dollars. Wow. Wow. I mean, it, it, it included a seven course meal, uh, a full orchestra, you know, it's just the whole nine yards, mm -hmm. but all of that, uh, you know, a fixed amount to give to them. The wedding is frosting on the cake. The marriage is the cake. Mm. Don't go into debt for frosting. Right. Relax, enjoy the occasion. Don't let the cost of things ruin it for you. It's supposed to be a celebration. Right. I was talking to a lady. Um, she was at the chiropractor that I go to and she was having tremendous stress and anxiety about her daughter's wedding because they, they were planning to help her or pay for most of it. But her daughter, nothing was good enough for her. She kept changing and spending more money. And she was starting to like, we can't, we can't, we can't just write them a blank check. And so I suggested, I said, why don't you and your husband sit down and say, what exactly can we do? And then just say, here's what you have to spend, period. If you want to go above that because you, it's not good enough or, or it's not, it's not what your taste is, that's fine. But then it's your money, not ours. Well, and that's a way, you know, that that's grown up is to take responsibility for what you want mm -hmm. and to pay for it if you need to. Right. Well, let's talk about the financial flip. And that's where your adult children begin to pick up the tab for you. We talked a little bit about this last time, yeah. yep. uh, but they, they obtain jobs, they enter career fields, and it's a strange but pleasant phenomenon when they pick up the tab. Because right. parents have picked up the tap for their children all their adult or all their childhood. And now the children get to pick up the tab for them for meals. And that's normal. Mm -hmm. It is a rite of passage into adulthood. So mm -hmm. don't deprive them of doing that. It's the adult child saying, hey, I'm an adult now. Mm -hmm. I can pay for you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Don't fight it. Right. Don't make it a power struggle. Right. Let them pay occasionally. It's important to them just as it was to you when you became an adult. Right. And that was, I, I shared this story last week that um, my son Josiah, shortly after he turned 18, the, the next time we went out to have breakfast together, he said, he just announced it before we even left the house. I'm picking up the tab this time. Last thing we want to talk about in this podcast is responsibility towards aging parents. Mm -hmm. And as they age, they become more fragile. They're usually less able to care for themselves. So what are the responsibilities of adult children toward their aging parents? Mm -hmm. Well, here's a couple of things. Provide for their needs. First mm -hmm. Timothy 5.8 says, if anyone doesn't provide for his relatives, especially for his immediate family, he's denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Ooh, that's, that's harsh. It, it is stern and it's basically saying you've got a responsibility do mm -hmm. it mm -hmm. the, the second thing is uh, help them manage their finances you may become you may wind up being their guardian mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. spend time with them take them on outings bring the grandchildren to them they love mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. uh, preserve their dignity treat them with respect and honor and even ask their counsel and help them feel valued and needed and useful because that's one of the things with older adults is we're sometimes feel like we've been put on the shelf mm. and nobody needs us. Nobody wants us. Nobody cares about our opinion. Right. We've got a world of experience to tap into, but right. nobody's asking. Right. Well, going back to preserve their dignity. Um, what exactly do you mean by that? 
I, I think it means something like, um, you know, just help them recognize that there's still important people mm. and that they have worth mm -hmm. and they can contribute. Right. Maybe they can't contribute in the business world anymore, but they can certainly contribute to the family. Right. They can contribute and they have the respect of the family because right. they're they're the tribal chief. Yeah. And, uh, and I feel like that's where America could learn a lot from countries like Japan. They oh, yes. very much value their elderly population. They put hold them in high esteem. They take really yep. good care of them. And I don't see that America does that a lot for our elderly and especially our elderly veterans. They're really for yeah. they're really forgotten. Yeah, and a lot of it is because we are we are such not only are we a young a young country, but we value youth, we value independence. Mm -hmm. uh, we we don't really know much about how to do family very well, and especially the the extended family, the larger family. Mm -hmm. We just don't know how to do the clan. We don't know how, we don't even know what a clan is anymore. Right. Uh, but in any case. And finally, promote their independence, or not finally, but but next is promote their independence. Help them stay independent as long as possible. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a time for both living independently, but a, a time for maybe assisted living, and that may come. Uh, there's a couple of ways to do it. Obviously, there's uh, you you know there's living um, living um, senior living centers where they can provide you with assisted living. Mm -hmm. uh, and they'll have people that will help with meals and and uh, house cleaning and that kind of thing. But you can hire some of that. There's visiting angels that'll come in and do a lot of that for you. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't mean you have to go to a special place to get assisted living. Mm -hmm. And then finally, prepare for their departure mm -hmm. with aging parents. Mm -hmm. It means sensitively, gently broaching the subject with them and talking about What's going to happen if you go home to the Lord? Mm -hmm. What will, what will, you know, what, what are your wishes? Right. Encouraging right. them to write a will mm -hmm. and ex an explanation of how and to whom would they like their possessions distributed? Right. right. What are their wishes for a funeral, for a cemetery plot? Right. right. How do they want to handle that? Yeah. And if you suspect they're unsaved, or their salvation shaky, share the gospel with them. Yeah. Invite them to pray and invite Jesus Christ to be their Savior and Lord. Right. And we'll share and with just, you how exactly you can do that as well. Um, I was just thinking about, you said um, to, to listen to their wishes about their funeral. You have yours all planned out, don't you? Yes. But then I'm a planner. Yeah. And uh, and that's kind of how what, what makes... It, it's what what makes me tick uh -huh, uh -huh. but just remember that someday we will all be aging parents mm. someday it's going to be us how, how we would we want to be treated by yep. our children yep and follow our example of how we would that uh is in how we treat our aging parents now yeah i think about that because you know micah and i my younger son have been making a lot of trips from south dakota to minnesota to be with you and mom mom had surgery You've had some things going on over the summer and just wanting to be there for you, spend time with you, help you with whatever we can cook, whatever, whatever you need us to do. But as I'm doing that, I'm thinking about Micah, him coming with me and thinking, will he remember this? Will he remember this when I'm your age 
and will it be ingrained in him? And well, he, I got to tell you, you and Micah have been a big, big blessing to us. I mean, I can't stress that enough. You have helped your mom and me in invaluably mm. in terms of helping us pack and sort and cook and buy food and do laundry. I mean, you you have done a ton of things that have made life just so much easier and better for us. Yes, and I wouldn't have it any other way. That's how it's supposed to be. You love and you care and you sacrifice for the people that God's placed in your life and especially your parents. It's part of honoring your father and your mother. But as you as you talked about, you know, someday I'm going to be that. I'm going to be in your shoes and are my kids learning from this? Are my kids watching and going, this is how you treat your elderly parents. This is how you honor them. This is how you respect them. So if you if you want your children to do it for you, you need to do it for your parents. That's absolutely true. Well, share with us a little bit about how does a person receive the Lord? Yeah, what that's has, what has to happen. Sure, that's so important. Whether whether you're sharing the gospel with your children or your elderly parents or anyone in your life who you love and you know they don't know Jesus yet. It's as easy as ABC and and we make it so easy or we didn't come up with the ABCs, but the person who came up with that, because it is so easy to share the gospel, you just have to be willing to, to step out, step out in faith and allow the Lord to use your witness and let the Holy Spirit speak through you. The ABCs of salvation are A, admit you are a sinner in need of a savior. Romans 3.23 says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. There aren't any of us that can save ourselves. We all need a savior and that savior is Jesus. B is believe in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. There aren't multiple ways to heaven. There is one and his name is Jesus. He said in John 14, six, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the father except through me. And then C, call upon him, cry out to him, confess and repent of your sins. Romans 10, 13 says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And dad, will you walk us through what that prayer looks like? Yes, I would. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, we just come to you in Jesus' name, and we recognize uh, that we are sinners. Uh, we sometimes tell ourselves how great we are, how good we are. We're not good. There is none good. No, not one. All of us have turned aside. All of us have fallen short of the glory of God. There were sinners, and we we own that. We know that. Father, we just ask for your mercy uh, toward us sinners. Mm. We believe in Jesus. Father, we do. We believe in Jesus. We believe he's the son of God, the savior of the world, and that someday he's coming back. Someday he's coming again to set things straight. And someday he will rule and reign on the planet mm. Earth. And he will uh, usher in the millennium a thousand years of peace and security and happiness and joy and delight in which the lion will lie down with the lamb mm -hmm. and a little child will play at an adder's den. Mm -hmm. So father, we're looking forward to that because we believe in him. And now Jesus, I'm just asking you as a sinner, I need to be saved. Would you come into my heart? Would you make me born again? I want to live with you forever. I want to be part of that millennial kingdom. And I pray for that in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. While you were talking, I was thinking of the verse in Isaiah 
Isaiah 53, 6, which says, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. It's just, it's just so powerful that, that Jesus paid a debt he didn't, he didn't rack up so that we could go, go free when we give our lives to him. So I, I would just invite you to share that message with any loved ones you have that don't know Jesus yet and be bold, be courageous and let the Holy Spirit take it from there. If you've made a decision, if someone in your family has made a decision, please let us celebrate with you. We'd love to hear those stories. You can email us at hopewellcouncil at gmail.com. Thank you so much for joining us on Hope for the Hurting. You can find this podcast and we release new episodes every Sunday morning, 5 a.m. So if you're up that early, you'll get the fresh, fresh podcast. You can find the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and at hopewellcouncil.com. And next week, we're going to dive into episode, I believe episode eight, Dad, correct? That is correct. Episode eight in this nine-part series, and we'll be talking about general principles for parenting adult children. So you won't want to miss that. If you happen to miss any of these, um, any of the podcasts in this series, you can check them all out at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and hopewellcouncil.com. And then I'll close us out with this verse, again, from Proverbs. I love Proverbs when it comes to parenting. Proverbs 21, 20, which says, the wise have wealth and luxury, but fools spend whatever they get. Mm -hmm.